I came across this quote. I don't remember how I did, but I think I saw it on Instagram and it was by Rumi. Whenever you're alone, remind yourself that God sent everyone else away so that there is only you and him. I, I read that every day, probably 10 times a day when I would get really lonely. And that's why the, the whole trail was more spiritual than anything, because I'm like, I have to be alone right now. This is the lesson I need to learn. And sometimes that is the lesson. Like, are you comfortable being alone? What if you were the living embodiment of all pervasive peace? What if all sentient beings all around you increase their vibration towards harmony by merely being in your contact? What if through conscious reasoning, focused will, and intentional living, you reform yourself, thereby becoming a catalyst in sparking transformation in others? I'm Shilpa Lewis, meditation, mindset, and mindfulness coach for midlife mompreneurs. And you are listening to Omnipresent Awareness, the podcast that will inspire you to use your story to serve humanity in not just healing, but thriving as souls, each fulfilling their highest purpose. Namaste. Thanks for tuning in to Omnipresent Awareness. This is your host, Shilpa Lewis, and welcome back. Okay, so I'm running a little challenge as I'm trying to get more people to discover this podcast and the conversations that inspire those who value personal growth. And the best way to do that is to leave reviews. You can leave a review on Spotify, Google Podcast, or Apple Podcast. So here is a little request from me to you. If you feel like you have received any value at all from these episodes, then please write a little review and take a screenshot of your review. Once you've done that, email that screenshot to me at omnimindfulness at gmail.com. Once I get your screenshot, you will receive one of my infographics. Spark your meditation practice through Sankalpa. Sankalpa is the Sanskrit word for intention setting. Along with this, you'll receive a link to my guided meditation where you can daily practice intention setting with some inspirational music and breath work. This infographic, along with the guided meditation, is guaranteed to have you start your practice for meditation with a spark. It is my gift for you for being a listener, being a supporter, and of course, for you to be able to manifest the best meditation practice. So thank you for showing up, listening, and being inspired, and most importantly, taking action. I appreciate you. So again, please don't forget to take a screenshot of your review and send it to omnimindfulness at gmail.com and I will send you that infographic and the link to the guided meditation. We are now in the season of Seeds of Abundance, which is our third podcast season honoring spring, new mindsets, and abundance. The season will cover mindful money mindset movement and healing, law of attraction, and embracing the feminine energy. 
Janine. So, so happy and grateful to have you here today. Share with us how you've been doing and what's going on with you. So just this past December, I completed over 2,000 miles of the Pacific Crest Trail. I started in Canada July 19th of last year. I ended an, in Mexico and December 11th of, this, of last year. So I've been off trail about six months now, getting recalibrated back to life. But it was an intense spiritual journey for me to embark on that. I was gone five months and to do all those miles in that time. And now I'm just trying to recalibrate. That is so adventurous. Now, share with the audience who may not be that familiar, what in general it meant for you to commit yourself to mindfulness and movement and integrate hiking as part of that. Well, I was always a firm believer in movement. I mean, since I was a little girl, like I used to go to the YMCA, I was 13 years old. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was fascinated with the body's ability to move, whether it was through strength training or exercising. So I've always been very fortunate to, to have that itch to compete in sports through college and everything. Once I moved to California in 2011, I was fascinated by the mountains of Southern California because I'm from the East Coast originally. And I remember driving through San Diego and wondering, oh my God, these mountains are insane. And in 2013, when I started yoga teacher training, I started meeting people that are like, wait till you experience the mountains outside of San Diego. And I did not know what they meant. So basically fast forward a few months later, I Google searched mountain getaways from San Diego and Idlewild, California came up. So I was like, well, I'm going to go there for a few days. And I drove out there. It was about two hours from San Diego. And I was floored that there were even bigger mountains. And I was like, just shocked by the scenery, just two hours from San Diego. Well, it was when I was in town in Idlewild walking around, I had a little backpack on and I was walking into all the stores. And one of the, the store owners was like, oh, are you a PCT hiker? And I looked at him, I was like, what's the PCT? <laughs> well, that was 2015. I had no idea. Then about like a few months after that, I kept going back to Idlewild and I kept doing more hikes because I was just really loving how being out in nature communed with what my spirit needed. Like you see all the scenery, you not only see the epic mountains and it, it truly was opening up my relationship with God source, universe, whatever it may be. And, um, that that gentleman from the shop that talked about the PCT, I met someone else who had talked about it and he had tried it himself, but ended up getting off trail about a hundred miles in. And I told him, I was like, well, I'm going to do it someday. And this was 2016. That is amazing. So what does PCT stand for again? The Pacific Crest Trail. Most people do it from Mexico to Canada. I did it from Canada to Mexico. So I could walk home. I thought that was cute. That was really cute. And it's ambitious. 
but you know, all the stars had to align. And, and that's what I've realized. Like if you have other stuff going on in your head, in your life, it's really hard to focus on making a commitment to whatever endeavor it may be. For me, I knew this would be five months of my life. So I needed to make sure that my house was in order, that my debts were paid off, that my fitness was on point. Little things were all up to par before I even left for the trail. And so it took me four years or five years when I, when I first decided that I would do it until 2021, where I'm like, oh my God, I'm out of debt. I have the fitness. I'm not married. I don't have kids. Okay. This is all aligning. I'm going to get this done now. And so once I made the decision, and that's really what I think it is, is once you make a decision and I knew that it was a spiritual path for me, not so much a physical endeavor because physicality, anyone can push through, adapt, learn, whatever you can get in better shape. But for me, like to be gone that long, it was a spiritual quest. And that's ultimately what it was for me. Now, just to paint an image, because I've seen the pictures on Facebook, just paint an image of what you're seeing during this period where you went from training to being on these trails. What, what, what's a day in the life of? It was a lot of, oh shit, what am I doing? Um, <laughs> you know, you're, you're quite literally pitted against nature. And this is a beautiful trail. It's a well-established trail. More often than not, minus fires, you'll see people on trail. So you're um, never alone necessarily, but it's incredible how alone you can be when it's just you in mountains and you are you're you're the visitor right like even with animal encounters you're there that's their terrain you're in their terrain right now and it is humbling because you know the mountains are unforgiving so when it comes down to hiking and that's what i think is the most beautiful thing about hiking the terrain is unforgiving as life. It is rocky. It is smooth. It is well-worn. It is like, oh my God, am I on the right path? I'm not sure what's going on. Am I lost? I hope I'm lost. I have to backtrack. But what a metaphor for life, right? That life is always like that. That's a guarantee. It's never going to be a well-worn path, but sometimes it will be. It's never going to be easy, but yet there will be times that will you'll coast. Yeah. So... And it's never linear and it just sounds like you figured out how to have the grit and have the desire and have the vision that you can get from, I would say, you said from Canada to Mexico. And in, prior to this, what kind of training did you go through? What kind of trails did you hike? You know, mostly um, I did all the San Diego ones and it was mostly about getting weight on my back and being used to carrying that weight. None, that didn't mean I was always um, hiking with a backpack too. It was a lot of strength training. I wanted to make sure that I absolutely refused to get off trail from injury. So that meant I needed to weight train to make my muscles strong. So my legs were strong, my ankles were mobile. So yoga was super important to me to be able to make sure that I was not going to contribute to my downfall with a nagging, stupid injury, which most, not most, some 
many, many, many hikers end up getting off trail from shin splints or plantar fasciitis or something, which to me is a, that's a solvable problem, one, and a preventable one, too. Absolutely. So your yoga training, which, by the way, for the audience, that's how you and I met mm-hmm. back in 2013. I was, my son was just a few months old, and um, we were in yoga training together. Yep. And since then, you're, you've conditioned your body to understand how to read it really well, it sounds yep. like. Yes, yes. I know how to push my limits, but I also know how to respect my body. And that was something that talking about mindfulness movement, like every day on trail before bed, I would be in my sleeping bag and I would literally thank my body, every part of it. So that was extremely important to me to have that experience of gratitude, but also like recognizing that you have to be super cognizant of what you're doing to your body and listen to it because it will tell you. (laughs) That is an amazing perception that you have that by connecting to your body, even connecting to nature, you're able to respect it as well as read it really well, Mm -hmm. which as we get um, I don't want to say older, but as we get more mature in our body and life, um, that's one of the thing, themes that I keep hearing is that listen to those signals. Yes. Yes. Because they're sometimes blaring, yet we get so good at turning them out and turning it off or not listening. <laughs> so yeah. if you can listen to it, even better. More of a deeper question, but Share with us how during this path where you said it can get lonely, were there moments where listening to nature and listening to yourself helped you get through a tough moment? I had tough moments every day. I cried every day. By the end, I was crying from loneliness. It was Then I was crying because I just wanted to be off trail. I was so over being alone. Yet, And for me, that's when I turned inward and it was intensely spiritual because I knew I needed to be alone. And that's why I ultimately was. And you do listen to nature and in some regards, nature doesn't give a shit about you, but it really does if you listen to it. And sometimes I would just like pause and I would be alone. And again, I didn't see people unless I was in town for days and days. And it was so scary. And that's, I think, a reflection of what people in normal life too. People are terrified to be alone. And now I fear being alone a lot less since of my experience. Now, when I get back on trail in July to do the Northern California section, I'm like, if I'm alone or not, I don't care because I've already been through the worst of it. Like it can't scare me anymore because that's a construct that I create in my own head. And really I'm not alone. You have nature, you have animals, you have God, source, universe, whatever you want to call it. It's there. If you need it, you just turn to it, which I think I did really well by the end, which I know I can always tap into when I need it again. Absolutely. That is so inspiring. Could you share with the audience, as you were doing all of your training over the years, whether it's yoga or conditioning your body, since you've always appeared to have a love for movement, how did this particular activity of hiking feel like it was a form of mindfulness to you? It is all mindfulness because what 
hiking is that is different from walking out on the street or a sidewalk, you have to be cognizant of where you are. You have to be aware of the terrain because with hiking, it's always different. It's rocky, it's dirt, it's sand, it's something. So if you're not at least a little bit aware of what you're doing, you're going to fall on in your face on your face. So in terms of the mindfulness aspect, quite literally, you have to be fully present to where you are hiking. Some of the local San Diego, San Diego trails are well-worn, they're dirt, they're great, they're easy. But once you get into terrain that is unforgiving, that you're going over rocks, that you're scaling, you know, hands and knees, that becomes different. You have to be mindful. You have to take your time. You have to understand where you're placing your next foot and step. Absolutely. And I, I imagine when breath work comes into play at different points. Yes. I'm, I mean, obviously quite literally with breath, but when the going gets tough, which it undoubtedly will, can you stop, be aware of where you are, be aware that you are safe and come back to your breath. And sometimes for me, that was sitting still on a rock and closing my eyes and, you know, taking, taking a minute to recalibrate. Now, in the day in the life of someone who lives in this kind of modern world where electronics and everything's around you, what does it mean when you're going through these hikes and you've got the sun beating down on you and a rough terrain underneath you? Do you build your own fort? How do you carry your water? Because I do recall one of your photos was of water. And I thought I'd never even thought about the fact that you'd have to carry the load of water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to plan for all that. So depending, and I would study the night before which section I was going through, where my water sources were. And I always tried to carry at least two liters of water on hand. I had up to seven liters of water at one hand because you go through stretches that you have to carry your water and water is the first and foremost survival thing that you need over food. You can survive three weeks without food. So I always made sure I had an abundance of water before anything else. So you have to plan for that. And now I was, you know, hiking in the winter too. So I didn't experience like where I had to stop midday because the sun was so hot. It was pretty, pretty chilly. But I also, because I was hiking in winter, I had to stop early on as soon as the sun set because it got really cold at night. Whereas hikers right now, for example, have to stop from like 11 to three because the sun is so hot. But they have daylight until like 8 or 9 p.m. So they can keep going. Whereas I was off at five. As soon as the sun went down, I was done. I didn't want to test my, myself that way. So you have to plan accordingly, knowing the terrain. And, you know, depending on the height, there's plenty of maps. You can know what you need to plan for and water and terrain and knowing the weather. I was checking the weather constantly. So I could be aware if I was going to be dealing with showers or like I dealt with for the last three, I honestly, the whole five months I was dealing with smoke from the wildfires. So I had to plan accordingly. When you uh, chose to go about designing this new chapter where you would be 
going on these trails. What advice do you have for someone who's curious? Like, oh, I like to start hiking or what does it take to have the right mindset to do this? One, just start. I think depending on what you want to do, I would never embark on a through hike, for example, the length that I did never having hiked before, that would be stupid. Um, but I had ample experience doing the smaller hikes, the day hikes, the hikes with a simple backpack, the hikes with a runner's backpack, like different opportunities. You don't need much and a good pair of shoes. And honestly, it's really just about starting. And if that means you walk the length of your deck, or if you walk a mile, or if you walk five miles, you start somewhere. And if you can make your smaller goals and steps consistent enough, it's going to get that much easier to embark on a bigger endeavor, like a through hike, even though that is not most people's cup of tea because they don't want to be gone that long. Their lives require that they be around. I get that. I was fortunate that I had a life that allowed me the flexibility to be able to leave for an extended period of time. But the first thing with any movement is to start. And again, most people fail because they have markers that are too lofty or too big. And they think, well, I'm going to start hiking. I'm going to go on this five mile hike. And I'd be like, great. Let me know in a few weeks when that is a fail. Start with a half a mile. Start with three tenths of a mile. Make it a really awesome three-tenths to the point where you're craving to go a half a mile. You're craving to go a mile because that feels too short. But if you don't establish that routine and habit, you're it, it, why waste your time? You're going to be just set up for another disappointment. Yeah, absolutely. And that goes back to the principles of mindfulness and mindset is even if you, as a meditator, starting with five minutes, then you graduate to 10 and more, then your body learns to tell you, yes, I can do it. Yeah. And the body is remarkable. It, it will tell you and you'll surprise yourself too. But if you take on too big of goals right up front, I would say with 99.9% .9 certainty, you will fail. Anyone, me, anyone. So I mean, the fact that I signed up for a 50 mile race, if you had asked me last year, would I do a 50 mile uh, trail run? No. Why would I do that? Well, I just went five months and 2000 miles on a trail. I'm going for two months for 700 miles on a trail. All right. 50 seems more doable now. It just is about perspective and taking off bite-sized pieces to where you can make bigger, bigger bites later on. That is uh, absolutely encouraging as well. That you, you can do it, but being pragmatic about it. That sets you up for lifelong success. Because if you are not pragmatic about it, you will just be disappointed. Yes. That will guarantee disappointment because you'll take off more than you can handle up front. Especially until a, a person, a woman, a man learns his or her routine. If you have kids, if you have a job, you have to know how to navigate through your schedule. I knew that I was a little bit more flexible as a yoga teacher because I could dictate 
my ability to take the time off. Now everyone's like, oh, you're lucky. You have a career that allows you to do that. I was like, yeah, you're lucky. You have a career that pays you stable. <laughs> like it's all perspective, right? You know, so it's all about perspective. Know your circumstance. I knew I had that flexibility. I also knew that I did not have that financial stability. So I had to plan accordingly. So all things holistically factored in. Mm -hmm. That's what really enabled you to take on, which is like some, for some people, it's a dream adventure. Yeah, definitely. It's one that, I mean, the vast majority of people that start out never finish the trail or they have to do it over years, certain sections, which is fine to each their own. But, you know, the majority that set out to hike from Canada to Mexico or Mexico to Canada will not make it. And how many days again, remind us how many days it took you to do that? I was out on trail five months. And so along the way, that's it uh, nonstop or in between were you taking other there would be days when i would come into a town and i would take it's called a zero day so i would stay in town and rest and pre-supply and it was a lot of logistics and mailing my my bucket ahead with food and resupplying my pack with all the food that i would need and again it comes back to studying the map i knew i needed to start with x amount of water so i needed to get the water bottles all situated i needed to make sure that i had the right water filter which undoubtedly got clogged up a couple hundred miles and i had to order a new one so i had to plan like okay if i buy this at rei i'd have to have it shipped to the next location so it's available for me to use in 50 miles time and the same with shoes and whatnot so it takes some planning and coordination to do a through hike that was a pain in the ass i'm not gonna lie but doable all it just takes is some forethought and again i had already had a background where i had already done these smaller hikes so i knew what i would need i knew the shoes i would need i, I knew the supplies that i would need and I knew what I wanted. So when I would get into town and have internet access, I would go on RAI, for example, or look in town and buy stuff then and there. About food, how would you find the food or what kind of, what would be the roughest day where food was a challenge? Um, I ate like crap because <laughs> By the end, especially like in Washington and Oregon, when you're stopping in towns that only have convenience stores, you're eating whatever food is there. Now, that being said, I elected to buy my food at these convenience stores because I didn't ship ahead my food choices. Now, there's advantages and disadvantages. Advantages, if your tastes change, which mine did, I was able to adapt right then and there. Disadvantage, it's more expensive. So now since coming off trail, I am being more strict with my diet and I'm really trying to eat a, a whole foods diet. That means when I do the 700 miles in July, I will need to ship ahead boxes of food that I, cause I know I won't find them in the convenience stores. That's a worthy thing for me because now I've tested it out. I know I respond really well physically, mentally to my new diet. I don't, I hate calling it a diet. It's a lifestyle change. 
well, I feel the best I've ever felt, even better than when I felt on trail because I was eating like bags of Oreos and quite literally the whole bag because I, I just could not keep weight on. When you're walking 20 plus miles a day, everyone's like, oh, I should do that to lose weight. No, you don't do that to lose weight. Like, But I also was extremely unhealthy, even though I got so skinny because metabolically I was eating refined food. Well, it's interesting you should say that. I, I'm a huge fan of whole food approach. And, and I just read the other day that when you're eating like that approach, like I love kale salad. Well, you don't have to suddenly count the calories because it's kale with some nutritional yeast and hemp and avocado. And you can have more and not limit because there's this notion of abundance. It goes back to feeling mindfully aware that you can have plentiful and you'll nourish your body from inside out. And we should connect after I'm back in September because that's my plan. I'm going to pack avocados. I'm going to pack lentil pasta, pasta, right? I'm not going to have normal pasta. I'm not going to eat mac and cheese. That's fine. I'm going to bring blocks of cheese, but I'm going to make sure it's a super, super minimal ingredient cheese. Like it's not about depriving, especially when you are exercising, you just have to learn your body. And what I'm super grateful for is that in the last six months since I got off trail, I have been playing around with that. So I'm not just going to go out there in July and be like, yeah, let's just have avocados every day. No, I've been planning it. I know my body is super responsive. I am the strongest, the healthiest I've been way more than when I was even on trail working out that much. And it comes down to nutrition. And that is 1 billion percent being mindful with it. Like if you want to do anything, whether it is a through hike or you, whether you want to go to Torrey Pines, it doesn't matter if you're not nourishing your body, especially as we age, if you're not giving your body the good, wholesome foods, guarantee you, it is going to let you know whether you're slow, your joints hurt, your muscles ache, all check, 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 whatever it may be. I can guarantee that. And so it's interesting because I go into my classes now and teaching yoga and I'm like, I can let you know right now what's going to happen if you elect to not take care of the body. It's like, girlfriend, boyfriend, you're 40 something years old. Gotta get your shit together at some point. Like, I don't need to live to 120, but I want to be really healthy. I want to walk to my funeral if I can, you know? Um, I couldn't agree more when it comes to that nutrition element of it. And that is for all aspects. As I was sharing with you earlier that I am in, in the process of trying to get back, quote unquote, into my physical routine. But the nutritional part I've kept so strong that on a day, if I've dropped it for any reason, I will be seated at my computer going, I don't quite feel right. But when I have that green smoothie, when I have that lemon detox water, it's like somebody's flipped the switch. Fermenty. Yeah. It's, that is your body's response to it being fully inside out nourished. And I also feel like the mindfulness aspect of what you've shared, the journey you've had, there's just so much value you can give to other women, especially some of us who are now in our midlife. I mean, if you could share like three pieces of advice for those who are, hey, I, I have been um, not as active as I'd like to be, but I'm in, you know, inside out nourishing myself, or 
I don't have the right mindset. What, what do I do? Where do I start? What can you offer? So first things first, when it comes to any physical endeavor, start somewhere. Again, walk to your mailbox, walk a mile, walk 10 miles. Does it matter? No. If you have never left your couch, walk to your mailbox a few times a week. Mm-hmm. Boom. So start there. Recognize where you are. Start small. Um And you will 1 billion percent succeed if you do not take on too much too soon. That being said, when it comes to diet, still start small. Like, okay, if you have kids and they love to eat in and out, I get it. I get it. Like, it's really convenient. So maybe you elect to not have it with them or to only, whatever it may be, start small. Because the more you can make these small little decisions, changes, it's going to lead to bigger bites, bigger noticeable things. I will say, and I hate to say this because it may sound a little mean, get new friends. If you're around pessimistic people, and guess what? I did but they just naturally found their way out of my life because I'm like, I'm just not willing to be around people that are going to eat like shit that are going, sorry, excuse my language, that are going to not nourish their body. I'm going to be 40 years old. I don't have space for that in my life. Guess what? Those people naturally fall off, but guess what? The people that naturally gravitate towards you. Wow. They, people, there has been, I actually listened to a podcast. You look at your three closest friends. If they are overweight, you're about 70 to 80% likely to be overweight yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Keep exactly. good company. And absolutely. it's not to be mean. It's just to, and sometimes, and I think now more than ever, like, okay, I don't mind being that source of inspiration for my friends too. Yeah. And that's fantastic. But just know, like, I just was helping a friend who ran 100 miles over the past weekend in Bryce Canyon. And she is very fit. She helped me through my trail. Like, um, she stored my stuff in her house. She's a great friend. But, like, we were with other people. And they went out to eat and got burgers and fries. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing that. To me... I know what that burger and fries is going to do to my body. And I absolutely refuse to give myself that. Absolutely. This body is a temple and I'm going to treat it as such with respect by giving it the food that it needs to flourish and, and everything. And so now to me, it's like, I can be around people eating burgers and fries all day, every day. And to me, it's like, I know what it means for me. And that's all that matters. And that's a personal reflection. It has to come from within and hopefully it can. Absolutely. And I was just thinking about this um, in reference to energy, that everything is energy, whether it's the environment of the people you keep and how they resonate with you and what level of vibration they put you through or into. And also the food, what are you putting into it? Because that will vibrate on an inside out level. It really does. I, I mean, it's now people like joke, like, Oh, you're obsessed with talking about food. Yeah. Yeah, I am. 
um, <laughs> okay. Well, and then like, that's the thing about our, this, this isn't just about some activity called hiking and the, the, uh, the physicality of it. It is about a holistic approach, which is what I really wanted the viewers of this podcast to kind of tune into is, look, she did this hike, but what she really tuned into was her inside out. Like you said, in the beginning, you may in your last journey have eaten something that was not giving you the best energy level, but you've changed your mindset. Yeah. And when you realize that everything is connected and that's something that, that hiking is, is you are with nature quite literally super remote and it's really a beautiful thing when you're, you, you know, you see animals that they have survived and evolved on minimal and humans too, we're, we're meant to move. We're meant to walk, run, whatever you want to do, um, but we're meant to move. And when you're doing a hike, like what I did, you have no choice but to move to get from point A to point B. Yeah. So quite literally, you're honoring the, the human drive and instincts for movement. Yeah. But what I'm, I personally am so excited for now, going back out there in a month, is now I'm going to put the, the diet and connection piece. And I, I just know I'm going to be that much faster. I'm going to be that much, even though it's not about speed, but I just know like, it's going to be that much better because now I've dialed in nutrition and it, that comes to mindfulness. I'm going to be mindful with my nutrition so I can push my body to do something pretty extreme. And also you may more, on a different level experience this high, um, in a different way that you didn't before because the vitality element oh. will be different. Because I, I can tell you from the way I eat um, and days if I ever miss it, which can happen, especially when you have a kid who wants mac and cheese versus the green smoothie, but um, you feel it. It's like a dial and it instantly your body tunes in, especially as you get older especially as we get older, unfortunately. But I think it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable because if you can just dial that in and be mindful about those choices, the body is remarkable. It will bounce back better than ever. And it's possible with smart steps, smart, small steps. Absolutely. Well, this is wonderful. Any, any parting words for the viewers maybe we can have you back again after your hike i would be honored i think it would be great i mostly just want to share like a through hike like i did is remarkable it is empowering it's great whatever but and we all don't have five months responsibilities life get it i know to know that but it comes back to start where you are one, have an honest conversation with where you are. Okay, I have a kid. I have a husband. I have a job. All right, I'm going to have to cancel or, you know, quit my job. Or I'm going to have to figure out, you know, you have to know your situation. Like everyone's like, oh, must be nice. You could take time off of work. Again, I came back to it must be nice to have a stable income. Let me know how that works out for you. I knew I had flexibility. I knew I did not have <laughs> that 
comfort of solid income. Absolutely. I don't have vacation time. I don't work. I don't get paid. So I had to plan accordingly. But it's all knowing with where you are in life, your circumstances, where you are physically, what's potential, the potential for you to embark on such an endeavor, whether it's walking a mile, whether it's walking 10, whether it's doing it every week, whether it's, you know, reaching out to different friends, girlfriends, guy friends, joining a meetup group. Since I got off trail, I actually joined a meetup group. Why? I wanted community. Like goes back to environment, right? You were saying earlier that environment, you keep the people, the company, they can shift your energy. Exactly. And that to me was important because I don't necessarily have people in my normal life that would do these crazy things. That's okay. I joined a meetup group and someone in one of my classes was like, do you know anyone in that meetup group? I was like, I don't yet, you know? but you have to be a little bit fearless and to do something that's outside your comfort zone. I've heard way too many times of people like, Oh, I would never do that alone. I never do that alone. And that came back to something I said, you know, before is that's a big issue for people nowadays, the 10, the fear of being alone. And that's something that I'm super grateful that my through hike offered me was the comfort of being alone. And if you had asked me a year ago, if I was comfortable being alone, I would have said, yeah, I'm an only child. Of course I am. No. Like, are you truly able to be alone without a phone looking at mountains with, you know, once it's dark, it's dark, you're getting in your tent. Do you have enough water? Do you have enough food? Then you're alone. Yeah. You know, when you are in your tent, just out of curiosity, you probably don't have internet access. You're probably no. not like browsing your phone. No, no. I mean, I downloaded a bunch of music and I downloaded a bunch of podcasts every time I was in town. So I was able to listen to music or podcasts while I would walk. And that was nice because it was like, I really just wanted to hear another human voice yes. because I was alone for so long. And I came across this quote. I don't remember how I did, but I think I saw it on Instagram and it was by Rumi, is that how you pronounce it? But um, actually I'm going to read it because I'm probably going to slaughter it. I saved it to my phone and my notes and I would read this probably 10 times a day. And where is it? Da, da, da. As whenever you're alone, remind yourself that God sent everyone else away so that there's only you and him. Oh, say that one so, more time. This is beautiful. Whenever you're alone, remind yourself that God sent everyone else away so that there is only you and him. By the poet Rumi. I, I read that every day, probably 10 times a day when I would get really lonely. And that's why the, the whole trail was more spiritual than anything. Because I'm like, I have to be alone right now. This is the lesson I need to learn. And sometimes that is the lesson. Like, are you comfortable being alone? It, inherently deep down, the only person we can ever rely on is ourselves. If we're lucky to have a spouse or partner or whatever, to be able to share it with, that's just gravy. But deep down, it's only you. It's only you that's going to decide like that you want to eat healthy. It's only you that's going to decide that today's the day you walk to the post office. 
it's only you that's going to, you can't be like, you know, hey, friend, friend, let's walk to the post office. Well, that may not work for him or her. They are busy. They have a life. That doesn't mean you should stop. Yeah, you know, and I, I truly resonated with you moments earlier, if, you don't, if it's okay for me to share this when you mentioned um, <laughs> having lost your mom. When that experience occurred for me a few years ago, the darkness was long and I had a friend who came over and basically said something to the effect of when you're walking through darkness, keep walking. And I found myself able to pull myself what felt like analogous to falling down a deep valley. And mm -hmm. I had to like pull myself out. My husband, my loved ones were trying really hard to pull me out, but ultimately I had to pull myself out and it was through movement. It was some of the healing came through, yes, obviously the deeper internal work of meditation and spirituality, but it was the movement that helped me. So for myself, it was doing spinning and going to a high intensity class and listening to music that invigorated me. But that element of what you're saying, you, ultimately when you are alone or you find yourself too lonely in the darkness, only yourself can pull yourself out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I 1 billion percent believe that. So even now, if I come across people who tell me that they can't be alone, I, I feel sorry for them. I, I do, because you will never find someone else who can satisfy you. you know, it's a, it'll, that'll be a lifelong battle. And yeah. it, that's extremely sad for me. Um. So being alone and realizing that you 100% control and have that power over yourself, which then trickles to other people. People are going to be inspired by you. People are going to see that strength and be like, I, I want that too. But until they make a decision, yeah, you know, I'm until not... you're ready to take your own self and say, I'm going to pull you out of that. Mm -hmm. Now yep. you're, you've fallen into. Yep. Now, well, I would love to have you back when you do your next, after your next hike. That'd be um, great. And how many miles is it? And where is it again? I fly to Medford, Oregon, which is Southern Oregon on July 18th. And I'm going to be going from there down through the Sierras. It's about, uh, I'm going to go about 700 miles. Okay. So through Northern California, because last year, Northern California was completely shut down because of the forest fire. So no one could hike through it. So I'm going to go and do it this year. I am so looking forward to the photos and the stories and continually be inspired by you. Thank, Thank you, Janine, for being on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's, I, it's an honor to be able to share my experience. So thank you. Thank you. And we will go on a mini hike in the next few days or weeks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in. Check out the links in the description and please subscribe, follow, and share. And continue to be omnipresent.